Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It's one of the most beloved hymns in all the English language. And today we're going to be talking about amazing grace and how God's grace can really be amazing in your life. My name is Will, and I'm the pastor at Kern Church, and I want to say welcome to our online worship service today. I am so thankful you have taken the time to join us in worship. I pray that this time of worship is a time for you to connect with God, to receive a blessing from the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, I pray at this moment for all those connected in worship. I pray for each one who hears these words, who, who logs on, who clicks a button to, to worship you here wherever they may be. May you be blessed, Almighty God, and may your Spirit descend upon each one who needs to feel your hope and needs to feel your love this very day. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, Amazing Grace is one of the most recognizable and beloved hymns sung in the English language. It's been recorded by many recording artists. It's sung by church choirs, large and small. It's a song most know at least a little bit by heart. The different versions of this song have, have been recorded to bring its message to new communities. On top of this, Amazing Grace is a song that is just frankly loved by so many. On September 1st, we asked a question on Facebook. If you don't follow us on Facebook, you really should. But it, it, we asked a question on Facebook as to what hymn or worship song brings you closer to God. And several people shared, maybe even you shared, that Amazing Grace does that for him, for them. The, the story behind Amazing Grace, I want you to know, has been the subject of books and movies, and it is as powerful as the hymn itself. Amazing Grace was written by John Newton in the 18th century. And, and, and from about the age of 11, Newton joined his father as an apprentice on a sailing ship. Later, he was traded as a crew member on a slave ship and became involved with the terrors of the slave trade. None of this is boding well for somebody that might write one of the most beloved hymns of all time. Eventually, Newton would, would become the captain of a ship that bought and transported enslaved Africans from Africa to North America. During one of these horrendous voyages, his ship was called in the North Atlantic amidst a terrible storm, and it was not certain if they would survive. During this time, Newton prayed, and the ship came to safety. And he took this as a sign from God to become a Christian. He didn't yet become convinced that being a Christian and being a slaver were the you know, kind of incompatible things. It took him some time, but eventually Newton would leave the slave trade. He was ordained a priest and would become so convinced that his previous life as an enslaver was so terrible and was such a terrible sin that he would spend the rest of his life advocating for the removal or the ending of the slave trade. Later in life, he publicly came out against the slave trade writing that it will always be a subject of humiliating reflection to me that I was once an active instrument in a business at which my heart now shudders. He wrote Amazing Grace to capture what God had done in his life. Saved a wretch, even as John Newton. Shortly before his death, under the, the leadership of a member of parliament, William Wilberforce, Great Britain passed a law to abolish the slave trade. 
as one whose life was changed to the uttermost. The words that Newton penned, I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see, have deep, deep power. We are in the second week of our message series, Restart. And, and this is an opportunity for you to reevaluate life, to remember the good things in life, and to restart in the ways that are good and helpful and life-giving. There is perhaps no better song than Amazing Grace that captures this. This is why today's message is entitled, Revive Amazing Grace. My hope is that as you experience the revival of God's amazing grace in your spirit today, that you will take a few moments to reflect on the experience of what God has done and is doing for you and in our midst. What's amazing about the turnaround life of John Newton is not so much that he experienced such an outpouring of convicting and perfecting grace in his life, but that so many others have experienced something similar to this. So many others can tell stories of God's redeeming love in their life. Perhaps you have a story like this, because God's grace is powerful. The grace of God truly is amazing. So today I want to share with you a part of the Bible that contains a letter that really speaks of God's amazing grace that has the power to transform and restore those who are lost, those who are trapped in sin, and those who are alone. This is a part of a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Paul, he's this giant in the faith. He's someone responsible for countless new people experience the life-changing love of Jesus. And in this letter, he is writing to address his protege in ministry, Timothy. If you want to follow along in your own Bible, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1 beginning in verse 12. Here we read this. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength because He considered me faithful. He, appeared to me to, he appointed me to ministry, even though I used to speak against Him, attack His people, and I was proud. But I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and without faith. Our Lord's favor poured all over me along with the faithfulness and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is reliable and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I'm the biggest sinner of all. But this is why I was shown mercy. So that Christ Jesus could show his endless patience to me, first of all. So I'm an example for those who are going to believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King of ages, to the immortal, invisible, and only God, may honor and glory be given to him forever and always. Amen. So here Paul writes words that could be found in the song Amazing Grace. Paul is writing to give thanks to the Lord who gives him strength and has sent him into ministry. But then Paul starts giving testimony of where he has come from. You see, before Paul became a follower of Jesus and, and traveled the world to tell others about Jesus, even being imprisoned and, and losing his life for the sake of telling people about Jesus, Paul was one who fought against the faith of Jesus. Paul was one who fought and, and tried to, to stomp out, to stamp out the faith that, that Jesus left here on earth. The horrors that Paul inflicted on others are, are not too dissimilar from what men like John Newton inflicted on people. In this short passage, Paul simply says that he used to speak against 
and attack Jesus' people. The book of Acts is, is another part of the Bible, and the book of Acts tells stories of the formation of the early church, and it, and it fills in some gaps in Paul's story. And so in Acts, we learn more about what Paul is saying about this life of attacking the faith of Jesus and those that were his followers. You see, Paul was, was present at the execution of Stephen, and Stephen was a faithful servant of Jesus. He was one of the leaders in the early church. And Stephen was killed by being drugged outside the city. And people took stones and threw them at him until he died. And during this time, Paul was standing there assisting those that were throwing stones by holding their coats. You know, you need to, to limber up. You need to, to let go of your outer garment so that you can throw a stone harder. Well, Paul helped people do that by standing there. And then just a little bit later in Acts chapter 8, we, we learn that Paul was in full agreement with Stephen's murder. So it's not just like he was standing there and, and conveniently was also a coat rack. Paul was one who helped facilitate this and was in full agreement. And then... We find also in chapter 8 that, that he began to wreak havoc amongst the church. He would enter house after another. He would enter house after house, and he would drag out both men and women who professed the faith of Jesus Christ, and he would throw them into prison. And then in Acts chapter 9, we find that Paul was, was spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciple and that he actually went to the high priest. So, so someone that was over Paul, he went to the high priest seeking letters, like a permission slip, that would allow him to travel to surrounding territories, to go on a road trip, so to speak, and to hunt for Jesus followers. He was going out of the town to hunt for Jesus followers, to round them up and take them back as prisoners to Jerusalem. And all of this, likely more, is what Paul was referencing when he wrote to Timothy saying that he used to speak against Jesus and attack his people. To borrow the words of Newton's amazing grace, a wretch like Paul. It's to this, it's to this that Paul's salvation through God's amazing grace is even more remarkable. As he writes in verse 14 and 15, Our Lord's favor poured all over me along with the faithfulness and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is reliable and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The example of Paul and John Newton serve as an ongoing example that the saving grace of Jesus is truly available to all. Well, some of you have experienced a salvation story similar to what we've been talking about. There was once a time in your life when, when you were far from God. There was once a time in your life when the pain and the loneliness and the destruction and the sin, it just consumed your life and tore you apart from those that you loved and, and drove you to a place of destruction. There was a time in your life perhaps when greed and, and corporate drive was the main thing that pushed you, so much so that you sacrificed time with your family. But then something happened. Something happened, and to use Paul's words, our Lord's favor poured all over you. And you came to full acceptance of Christ Jesus that he came into the world to save sinners, especially a sinner like you. Or to use the words of amazing grace, 
'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, to fear the path that sin was leading you, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Perhaps you're joining us in worship today and and you realize that your life is in a place that you never intended. Perhaps you find yourself, as Paul did, and, and wonder if your sinful and destructive behavior is even worthy of God caring for you. Perhaps you're, you're joining us in worship and, and you know that your thoughts and your actions are, are harming those around you. They're harming your family or, or, or they're even bringing harm to you. You don't necessarily know what to do or, or where to be. But you know that things just, just can't continue as they are right now. And if this is where you are, I want you to know that this is part of God's amazing grace. This is the specific thing that Newton's song references when, when he used sing, I, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." You see, it is through God's grace that, that you can even be convinced that you were in a state of sin. It's through God's grace that it can teach your heart to fear that, that sin is in your life, that, that your life is out of whack and things just aren't right. It's by God's grace that you can receive this knowledge. I also know that for others, perhaps you, that for some, that this is a story, the story of grand turnaround sounds like someone else's story. For some of you, this sounds like a story you have read about or, or heard about from people like Paul or John Newton, but it, it doesn't really fit your experience. Maybe you, like me, were, were baptized in the church as a young child, were raised in the ways of the faith since you were young, and, and have never really felt that you were far away from God. Now, of course, you've had difficult moments and seasons that time that time that, that the love of your life left you, that time that you didn't get hired for your dream job, that time when there were cutbacks, that time when you lost someone close to you unexpectedly and didn't know what to do, but through it all, you've never really been too far away. Perhaps sometimes you felt that God hasn't been that close to you, but you've never really experienced a time when, when you knew that you were outside of God's grace or that you couldn't honestly uh, tell the story that you were lost at one point, but now you were found because you've always felt found. And if this is where you find yourself, this is where you find your story, I want you to know that God's amazing grace is still no less active and alive in you. It is through God's amazing grace that someone brought you forward for baptism it is through God's amazing grace that another beloved saint taught your third grade Sunday school class. It is through God's amazing grace that your spirit and your life were sustained during times of tribulation. And it is through God's amazing grace that you are able to be here today worshiping wherever you are, offering praise to that same God. Wherever you may be on this spectrum, my prayer today that you experience, experience revival of God's amazing grace. If this means that you need to recall the story of your salvation, I invite you to recall it. If this means you need to, to give God thanks that, that you have never been in a place where you have not felt God's grace, give God thanks for this. And if today 
you find yourself in need of something new, if today you find yourself really struggling, perhaps unimaginably, perhaps estranged from those that once cared about you or know that you need a miracle in your life, if you find yourself here, do not leave worship. Do not click out of worship today without asking for God's amazing grace to change your life. In fact, a few moments from now, we're going to sing Amazing Grace. And if you want to accept God's grace in your life for the first time or the first time in a long time, this is a great opportunity to do so. And then I think about this church. I think about Kern Church. We are focusing on restarting for the season ahead. For the fall, for this new season in ministry. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that we need revival. We need a miracle. We need revival of God's amazing grace in and amongst our midst. I mean, this is something. Something I've been praying about since I learned that I was coming to be your pastor back in April. This is something I, I want you to pray with me. And here's the deal. Salvation and and grace, it's something that happens in a moment. It, it's something that, that happens in a moment, and it is something that takes a lifetime. So for you, each day is about taking your next best step in grace towards God. And I think the same thing is true for our church. It means that each, each of you and, uh, and, and I need to take our next step towards God in faithfulness and ministry. To bring true revival is about each one of us, you and I, taking, taking one step each day. For me, I wake up every day and I read the Bible. I haven't always done this, and I'll just be honest about this. But this year, our bishop encouraged us to, to join together in reading the Bible, the entire Bible, in one year. And I want you to know that I have been faithfully following this practice each day. I, I'm probably, uh, confession, I'm probably about three days behind because my mornings have been interrupted a bit with the birth of our newest son and I'm not always at my best at 6 a.m. when I wake up. But this is such a small step, but I've been taking it. And God has been blessing it, blessing this step to me and in my life. You know, maybe the next step for you is to take a step in volunteering. We're working on organizing an effort for, to help people get connected with serving opportunities. But for now, you know, send us a message. Send me a message. Call the church. Talk to me. I want to help organize a group of greeters, for example, to, to be the first smiling faces that people see as they walk into the worship space for our in-person worship spaces. We have opportunities to use to serve on a tech team or, or a social media team. Upcoming, we have a great outreach opportunity called Trunk or Treat. And, and I want to invite you to, to take a next step in volunteering to participate in that. I mean, it's a great way. It's not about trick-or-treating. It's not about Halloween. It's about engaging with our community. It's about blessing people with a nice evening to build relationships with those around us. And, and so we'll be sharing more about how to do this in the coming weeks but there are sign-ups available at the church now. I mean, you can send an email to the church or you can call the church. He can get you signed up. Or maybe you know that you need to take another step deeper in your faith by studying Scripture with others. 
We have several on our Sunday, Sunday worships time. We have several Sunday school opportunities, small group opportunities that would love to help you in making the, that next step in your life. And I want you to know that I'm also in prayer about what additional small and, and faith groups might look like. You see, I'm not yet a part of one of these groups. And for me, it, it's really hard to be a part of a small group on Sunday morning. We have a, an in-person Sunday school class between both of our in-person worship services on Sunday morning. And this is just a time that, that I'm engaged with other people and I'm in prayer and I'm, and I'm joining our online service. So I'm not really able to, to devote time to a group, but, but I need a group. I need a group. So I'm in prayer and, and interested in starting a group that might meet at a different time, even a, a place off campus. So if you have ideas or want to be involved, please, please reach out to me. You know, I know this is a lot. But what I, I want you to know is that this is all about just, just taking your next step. Next step. The revival of amazing grace in your life and in current church is about taking one faithful step. One faithful step towards faith. One faithful step towards grace. One faithful step towards miracle. One faithful step. And as you keep stepping, as you keep walking, one small step at a time, your life and our church is being primed and ready for revival. So what next steps are you going to take? I want you to write them down. If you're watching on social, write them in the comments. I want you to share it with someone. I want you to share it with me. And as we are moving to the close of the service, I want to invite you to pray. In fact, if you feel God nudging you to to take a significant next step in your faith and maybe in your giving to help fund God's ministry here at Kern or in your service to your church, the time to commit and the time to pray is now. And this is an opportunity for you to respond to God's amazing grace in prayer and in dedicating your next step. So here's what I want you to do. If you're watching this on social, share in the comments that, that you are praying I want you to pray with me, and I want to pray with you. So if you want me to pray with you, let me know in the comments, and I'll reach out. I will call you if I have your phone number. We will pray, or you can call the church office and let us know that you need prayer, and I will pray with you. And as I said earlier, if you know that your life is far from God today, perhaps that your life is a wreck and that you need God's grace today, you are invited to come, to come and ask God to fill you with His grace. As you come forward, as you come forward, giving God praise, giving God prayer online, I want to pray with you. Revive in us, O oh God, your amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I was grace that taught my heart. 
my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy Unending love, amazing grace. That is God's salvation. That is God's gift to you each day and this day. So receive it. Take it. If you're struggling right now, I want to really encourage you to reach out. You can reach us at the church anyway through messaging, through comments, through calls. I want to respond. I want to listen to you. I want to pray with you. And I want to help you take your next step with God and with ministry and the church. So may God bless you this day. May your soul be enlivened with the power and presence of God's amazing grace. Revive in us, O oh God, your amazing grace. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page, at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks, and have a blessed day.